This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Well, it was a running back cornucopia yesterday, Bax. We got to talk to running backs coach Tony Alford and five of the six scholarship running backs. We got a chance to talk to Master Teague, Marcus Crowley, Mayan Williams, and making their debut talking to the local media, Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor. The only scholarship running back we didn't talk to was Steel Chambers. A lot to get into regarding the running backs. First of all, just kind of from a global perspective, what kind of stood out to you the most from the conversations with Tony Alford and uh, the five running backs? Well, I think it stood out to me in a way that looked like Master Teague is, quote, the starter for now. But at the, it strikes me as they're calling him the senior starter, if you will, is like how it looks to me, right? Right now, Master Teague is the starter. Yeah, just like right now, the senior who's been there for four years at Ohio State is listed as the starter at every position when there's a question mark about it. And then when the rubber meets the road, the position changes based on merit. So that caught my eye. Uh, I think another thing that really caught my, my, my eye was the fact that Marcus Crowley talking about his rehab was essentially the worst case scenario of what I was worried about all fall and all summer last year about the major impact from COVID, which is that the guys would not be able to rehab at the pace that they needed to. And that's essentially what Marcus Crowley said. He said he, he, he didn't have the ability to do any of the rehab stuff that he would normally get to do uh, because he wasn't allowed in the football facility, which was at the time, if you remember, we were screaming about how dumb that was to not allow the kids back in who were rehabbing because it was going to hurt them much longer term physically. And Marcus Crowley's exhibit A of this. And at the end of the day, he was a kid who might have been back sooner with proper treatment available at the right time and just wasn't. So, you know, it's interesting to me uh, that that that's unfortunately what we saw work out, um, even though it was something that uh, I think was eminently predictable. So I think we have a really interesting room here, though, because you have five guys that legitimately are going to end up fighting to get on the field here this year. And I think the other thing that's probably worth notifying, very noticeable, right now is that uh, we didn't get to talk to steel chambers. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the guy who's probably sixth in the depth chart wasn't available. So, you know, read, read between the lines as you will there, but I certainly think that the five that we talked to are probably going to be the five that are in the mix and there's not enough touches around to keep five guys happy. Yeah. They said steel chambers had, um, a class or a meeting he had to get to. Um, so they did give a reason, but uh, so that was the reason that they gave for steel chambers not being there. All right. The headline of the show, if you're listening directly on buck nuts or Apple podcasts or Spotify or many of our other platforms, if you're listening on YouTube, 
we don't have a headline. I just put the date on there. Um, very creative of me. But the headline of the show, obviously, is who's going to be the Buckeyes' number one running back this year. And I'm curious to get your take on that. And again, you know, like you said with Master Teague, uh, not necessarily to start the season. Uh, there's a chance that Teague, uh, maybe he'll, he'll be the starter all year. There's also a chance he'll be the starter you know, game one and maybe the first few games and someone else will take over. That's kind of what I think will happen. Where do you come down on this? Who's going to be the best running back for the Buckeyes this year? When we look back on it, who's going to be the number one running back on this team? It's going to either be Trevion Henderson or Mayan Williams, in my opinion. Um, I think Crowley is going to certainly get himself into the mix. I think he's like Teague, except with a little more vision. Uh, I think Teague's going to get on the field because of his seniority and everything. But as we've seen with him, if there's a hole in front of him, he'll run through it very hard. If there isn't a hole in front of him, he will get tackled at one yard gain at most. Uh, you have much more dynamic runners in, in Williams and Henderson, who I think are going to be in position to make a lot more happen whenever they're given the ball. So I think this is going to be a situation where meatball definitely makes an impact. He's too good to keep off the field. That was what we found out down the stretch last year. And then I think Trevion Henderson, who has the benefit of being completely healthy, having not played football for a year and a half, and having just trained himself and built himself up, I think he's exploding ready to play. And I don't want to discount Evan Pryor. I don't want to discount Marcus Crowley here, though I am discounting still Chambers. And I, I, I do think, though, that those two guys are going to be the two that are going to end up forcing their way onto the field. I don't think we're going to have a true number one running back this year, though. I don't think we're going to be like, wow, all right, here's 28 carries a game for somebody or anything like that. I think there's too many players who can do a really good job with eight to 10 carries. And I think that's going to be the way this works out the majority of the year. And if there's a hot hand, they'll keep that person on the field. But, you know, we've seen plenty in the past at Ohio State where you've had multiple tailbacks getting a lot of carries in games. And I think this is just going to be another year where that works out. But Williams and Henderson are my picks to be the guys who get the most carries by the end of the season. It does seem like the best teams – one guy finally emerges, you know, like last year they started with Teague as the starter, but it was like, you know, one A and one B with Sermon. And I thought Trey Sermon looked terrible to begin the season. He wasn't breaking tackles. He wasn't doing anything of note. And then he just turned into a beast and they were just rolling with him. Um, but I agree with you. I think, I think Travion Henderson is going to be the best running back on this team this year, but he's not going to be a guy as a true freshman that you're probably going to want to hand the rock to 25 times a game. Now, he has bulked up, which is phenomenal, and you alluded to that. He was listed at 195 pounds in the recruiting database. Ohio State now lists him at 210. And, you know, people might scoff at official roster, you know, height and weight. Ohio State's pretty good about not exaggerating. And when you look at what the guys measure at, at when they go to the combine, obviously there wasn't a combine this year. What they measure at at pro day compared to what they're listed at on the official roster, it's usually pretty accurate, especially when you're talking about college football rosters. Uh, but Travion Henderson now up to 210 pounds, according to Ohio State. That's great news to me. For, you know, for a guy I, you know, who thinks that Travion Henderson has a really good chance of being the best running back on this team, I like seeing him backs at 210 rather than 195. Yeah, and that's another reason that gives you a little more confidence that he's going to be ready to rock and roll uh, right away as a true freshman. And the, the truth is, is that that's the kind of thing you need to see in the development of an 18-year-old, right? Like we do a little bit of projection, even with the best kids, right? You project a little bit ahead. Well, Travion Henderson, if he's still the same player at 210 or whatever that he was at, listed at 195, probably 190, right? he's still that same player that he could be a dynamic star level player but i i think it's going to be really interesting to see 
not just his development, but what happens for a guy like Mayan Williams with another year in the system, a true off season in the system, something he didn't get yet. Right. Uh, what happens with Marcus Crowley as he rehabs himself? Right. I, I think that you've got, you know what Master Teague is. He is what he is. I think we're, we, we're utterly discounting Evan Pryor thus far in this conversation. He's certainly in the mix. He's no bum, right? He's Henderson's roommate, and they competed everything. So you know he wants to get on the field too. But I think Henderson's just the one who's in position to get on the field quicker. So uh, the whole spring being able these guys to develop with Mickey Mirati consistently like you're supposed to leading up into the spring, getting a full spring practice, and then going through summer conditioning leading into the season is going to put these guys physically at a very different level than they were last year. It's going to give a lot more opportunity to the younger guys. And that's something that was really lost last year. So this is going to be a much different season than the one we just went through in all the good ways, hopefully. But I think it's, it's, it's definitely going to be uh, very important because you're going to see how much these guys have developed in the system. That's one of the reasons these guys go to Ohio State is to watch how much they can develop as part of the Ohio State program. Last year was pretty much, all right, this is what we got. Hope you guys have been working out. Let's play, right? Totally different ballgame this year. And I think that's going to allow some of these running backs to really take steps forward. I'm glad you keep bringing up Evan Pryor because we are overlooking him, and I'm guilty of it too. I do think Travion Henderson's the better of the two. Travion Henderson's ranked as the number one running back in the country for a reason. Evan Pryor ranked as the number two all-purpose back in the country, ranked in the top 100 overall, in fact, ranked number 82 in the country. Guess who else came in as the number two all-purpose back in the country a few years ago to Ohio State? J.K. Dobbins. Now, Dobbins was ranked higher overall. He was 46th nationally. Pryor's 82. But they're pretty darn similar here. And, I, yeah, we cannot overlook this young man. He's coming in basically with the same accolades as J.K. Dobbins, who started as a true freshman. So an embarrassment of riches. And Excuse me? And in J.K. Dobbins' first game, he had like 28 carries and 160 yards rushing. Yeah, and it became the first running back in Ohio State history to rush for over 2,000 yards in a season. It's still amazing him and Jonathan Taylor had the exact same amount of yards that year, 2,003 yards. They each had 2,003 yards uh, in 2019. Um, yeah, man, I mean, Evan Pryor is not a guy to overlook here. Um, I want to get back to Marcus Crowley, though. Him saying he's 100%. For those that, you know, if you haven't seen our coverage on Bucknuts, we got a ton of coverage. I did a story on Crowley last night, including the video interview that he did with us via Zoom. And for people that are wondering what happened with his rehab, as Bax alluded to, it was uh, as simple as, you know, he tore his ACL in November of 2019, was having a good true freshman season as kind of that number three running back, averaging almost 10 yards a carry, um, and then tore his ACL. It was the same day Trey Sermon got hurt when Trey Sermon was at Oklahoma, November 9th, 2019. And then that's usually like a nine-month recovery from an ACL. But he just, you know, he was back home during the pandemic and was working out on his own. And he said he just didn't get the same type of treatment that he would have at Ohio State and just wasn't ready to go when they when they came back. And he finally was able to go by the Alabama game. He got some carries in the national championship game. But the big story here is Marcus Crowley says he feels 100%. Now, Bax, he wouldn't be the first athlete to say he's 100% when he's not. But I still feel good about Marcus Crowley here. I think he's going to be in a lot better position to compete for all the reasons we just talked about. Right. And he's a guy I loved watching him play before he got hurt. Right. He, he hit the hole hard with abandon. He saw there was some, some, some vision to him whenever he got the ball in his hands. And we've talked about vision a lot. I feel like the last couple months, because 
we saw the difference between a tailback that had vision when Trey Sermon figured everything out and one that didn't when we watched Master Teague, right? And the difference in the national championship game was jaw-dropping in terms of the Ohio State running game. And I think that that's the sort of that, – that is the starkest example I can give to people of any recent time I can remember at Ohio State between a running back that has the ability to find the hole and, and really – uh, you know, attack up field, uh, even if it isn't where the run is supposed to go, isn't where it's designed to go versus a running back that gets the ball, goes forward and hopes there's space to run through. Right. There's a big difference between the two and the greats have the ability to do the first, not the second. Right. And so uh, Crowley's a guy that I'm interested to have more of an opportunity to see. Right. Uh, th- this is going to be, this is another thing we lost last year, Dave. Remember how many, games we would watch in September in past years and we'd be like, oh, we're playing, you know, some macrificial lamb and Ohio State's going to win by 70, but we're going to get to watch the whole second half of guys like Crowley, guys like Mayan Williams, guys that we didn't really get to see last year on the field. How much more Jack Miller and C.J. Stroud would we have seen if it had been a normal year? I would say significantly more. So this is the sort of thing where I think Crowley could be a big-time tailback. I love the talent in the running back room. And I think that's the other thing that everybody's sort of looking at mass fatigue about is thinking, it, you know, of the five, if you rated the five in terms of talent, Teague can't be higher than fourth right now. Right. Um, if you think about what their talent level is like, he's just the most experienced. And Crowley is one of those ones where I think everything Teague does well, a healthy Crowley brings to the table plus some. So you know, we're parsing things here a little bit between these running backs. And I, I know there's going to be people who are going, oh, you guys are not appreciating Master Teague. You know what he's done the last two years? He's been top 10 in the Big Ten and rushing both years and all this other stuff, right? And that's fine. And Master Teague is what he is. He's a useful player, right? But he's not that dynamic bell cow tailback that Ohio State typically has somewhere. And when you recruit at the level Ohio State does, which half these guys are top 100 national players, then that's just the expectation, right? And I think that's what we're talking about here is just saying, can one of these super elite running backs that we brought in this year as true freshmen find their way into the field? Or is one of these guys that we've seen flashes from and were, if you weren't impressed with Mayan Williams, I don't know what to tell you, right? So I think it's going to be one of those guys who fights their way onto the field. And I also think that the depth of this running back room is also going to be real interesting as to Steel Chambers' future at Ohio State. I just picture Tony Alford. I, I asked him about this. He was, uh, you know, trying to be business like yesterday. But I asked Coach Alford. I was like, uh, I, I just pictured you just being so excited right now. You've, you've recruited these guys. You put together this running back room through your recruiting with Master Teague and Marcus Crowley and Steel Chambers, Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, Evan Pryor, all recruited by Tony Alford. You know, and he had been much maligned with his recruiting efforts. And he's finally now got a chance to coach all six of those guys on the field together these last few days. And, uh, you know, he gave me a, a good answer, but it was a kind of a business-like answer. But I, I picture him sometimes you know, kicking his feet up on his desk with a cigar, uh, just looking at this running back room that he's put together. Some of them were, you know, kind of lower rated for Ohio State standards, and some of them were not in the case of Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor. Uh, can't get much higher rated than that. I want to finish the show talking about this, because this has been a topic that I've seen bantied about that um, that I, I kind of want to set the record straight here. People are like, well, how don't, why don't they move Steel Chambers to linebacker? Here's why. The linebackers that Ohio State have right now are good. 
I know you haven't seen them play much. They've recruited really well at linebacker. Like these guys are good, and I'm confident in them. Yeah, they're losing a bunch of guys that, that played a lot of football, like Tough Borland and Pete Werner and Baron Browning and Justin Hilliard. But I like Taraja Mitchell. I like Dallas Gant. Kayvon Pope fell off a little bit last year, but I'm still high on him. Craig Young, Mitchell Melton, Cody Simon. I'm probably leaving some guys out. Reed Carrico. I mean, who from that group would Steel Chambers be better than from not playing linebacker for two years? And he wasn't he wasn't like some highly rated linebacker coming out of high school anyway. People thought running back was his best position. So tell me if I'm wrong, Bax. This Steel Chambers moving him to linebacker, the reason they haven't done that is because the linebackers they have are better than him. Yeah, without question. And that was something where Steel Chambers was being recruited. A lot of people thought, oh, he's going to be a better linebacker than a running back. And Ohio State was pretty insistent that he was going to play tailback, and it was because of the guys in the linebacker room, right? Like, I think when, when Steel Chambers was being recruited at tailback, Ohio State staff said, this guy is a player who might be able to play running back at the Ohio State level. I don't think the defensive staff thought he was a guy that was going to play linebacker at the Ohio State level. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be – like, you don't want to just assume that somebody's going to look to greener pastures, right? That's not really fair to the kid. But he's sixth in the depth chart. And this is a guy who at one point last year was like the only warm body for spring football. And, you know, when we saw him on the field, there was uh, more fumbles than you'd want to see and not as much production as you'd want to see. And now you've got two top 100 running backs coming in that are probably going to jump him pretty quick on the depth chart based on what we've seen. And it's not like you can move him to linebacker because, like you said, you've got all these guys that have been built up to play linebacker real quick. This isn't the Ohio State program when you had to pull Zach Boren over to the other side of the football, right? There's a lot of talent. In fact, we've been complaining for two years now that we'd like to see more of the younger talent in the linebacker room, having seen one group of guys that all left at the same time pretty much dominate this, the, the, the playing time at running back. I mean, I'm dying to see guys like Dallas Kian right now, right? I want to see Taraja. I want to see all this stuff, right? So, like, let's, let, let, let's get to the new generation of linebackers and we, there's a, that's a whole show on its own we could talk about a linebacker, right? We're spending a show just talking about the tailbacks. How much can we talk about the linebackers? There's three of them starting. So, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, if, if anybody's thinking that Steel Chambers is just going to casually move himself over to linebacker after playing running back for a couple of years at a place like Ohio State and knowing that he's in a spot where he could go play running back somewhere next year, I don't think he's going to stick around and play linebacker. That's just my gut. I also don't think he sticks around to be the six-string tailback either. Speaking of the linebackers, programming note, we will get all of them tomorrow. I shouldn't say all of them. We're going to get at least three linebackers tomorrow, maybe four, and we're going to get linebackers coach Al Washington, who I'm sure will be asked 30 different questions, 30 different ways about his flirtation with Tennessee. Really, Tennessee's flirtation with him is how it should be worded. So Friday's show with Jay Book and myself might be all about the linebackers. Just today's show with Bax and myself is all about the running backs. Thank you very much, Bax. Coming strong as usual. He is the people's champion. Catch us call him every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thank you very much to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope all of you have a great day. Let's try that Buckeye swag. Best damn band in the land. Picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 